Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Ephesians chapter 6 is where we will start verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. How many of you know that if you're not strong in the Lord, you're going to eventually come to that point to where you're going to recognize that there are things that are too big for you. You can't handle them. If you could fix them, you would have already done it a long time ago. That's not a bad place. It's a painful place, but it's not a bad place because it helps you understand that there's only one who can have the power and the strength to get this done, to intervene in this situation, and it's not you. Be strong in the Lord. That is, always recognize that He is the source of your strength. I don't know about you, but sometimes I've come to find out when I thought I was strong, the Lord allowed me to see just how weak I really, really am. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. He is of making His resurrection power and energy available to us His children. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the, the schemes, the methodios, carefully devised methods of the devil. How many of you know the devil doesn't live on the inside of you as a believer. He doesn't know what you're thinking, but he is a great investigator. He is an incredible gatherer of information because the network that he has of demonic spirits recognize and they have studied you all your life, what you say, where you go, how you think. That is how you think revealed by the choices that you make, the words that you say. So understand that the devil is not omniscient like our, our God and our Father is. But he is a very diligent student and his carefully devised methods is for your demise. Because he hates your Lord. And therefore he hates you. For we do not wrestle... Why should we put on the full armor? We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Everybody say it with me. People are not my problem. It is those spiritual forces, look, look, he says, against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, and spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That is, there is an organized, almost like a military, there are organized ranks of spiritual enemies called demons under the headship of Satan which are committed to your demise and not only yours but to all in this world and there are a host of them in heavenly places I explained to you last time when we introduced this that Paul's use of the word heavenly places here is is not talking about the heaven of heavens the 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 presence, the very throne room of God. Uh, the heavenlies in his Greek mind 
had also to do with not just the earth, but the atmosphere above the earth, and not just the atmosphere above the earth, but interstellar space as well. So there is access by demonic spirits. No wonder the Bible calls Satan the prince of the power of the air. There is access by hordes of demonic spirits in ranks and under assignment by their commander-in-chief, the devil, for our demise. And they, they exist not only on the earth, but above the earth, and even in the atmosphere of uh, interstellar space. Now, I'm going to tell you in just a minute why that ought not to keep you up at night. I said ought not to keep you up at night. Some Christians have been deceived by the evil one to be absorbed with the devil. It's all about the devil. It's all about what this demon is doing, where this demon is occupying. And, and the Bible tells us not to be ignorant of the schemes of the devil. But how many of you know there's a difference in being ignorant and being absorbed? We're to be absorbed with Jesus, the Spirit of God, the Word of God. Not to go around absorbed with everything that the devil is doing or might be doing. If we do that, then we fall into his traps. <clears throat> we are to stand in the strength of the Lord, put on the whole armor. That is, God is telling me I'm not supposed to go figure out everything that the devil is doing so that I might find a way to somehow get a victory against the devil. The Bible does not say that. It says be strong in the Lord and put on the whole armor of God, that you may stand, not that you may run, run around in circles, but that you may stand against the caref carefully devised methods of the devil, for we don't wrestle, and then he goes in, principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, since you've got all these hordes of enemies against you, what do you do? Take up the whole armor of God. Take up the whole. God's got armor for that. That you may be able to withstand. Withstand, that is, you own. Did y'all see that? Uh, look back at verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, right? Stand. Hmm. Verse 13, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand because you're standing in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand having dressed yourself with all the warfare weapons that the Lord gives you, the weapons of your warfare. Then he says it again, stand therefore. Is anybody getting the picture here? In spiritual warfare, we're to get dressed and take a stand. 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 Having girded your waist with truth. We talked about last time how on a Roman soldier, a, a, there was a, a big belt and, around the waist. And... Um, I'll bet you 
Pastor, you'll agree with me. I'll bet you, Edric, you'll agree with me. Kyle, I'll bet you'll agree with me. Your core is your key. The core is your key. The core is your key to your stance of strength. Amen? Amen. It is the first weapon mentioned. Gird around your waist that weapon, that waist belt of truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. I'm going to get to that soon, not today. But I will tell you this, and this will maybe give you just a little bit of a tease. When Dean and I were in our 40s a few days ago, don't laugh, the Lord gave us revelation of the gift of righteousness, the waist belt, uh, the breastplate of righteousness. It changed our whole life. It changed our marriage. It changed our, our, our ministry. So stay tuned for that, Squealing. It'll, it'll be coming. Not today. Put on that waist belt of truth. How did Jesus define truth? Thy word is truth. John 17, 17. And, uh, you know, I want to remind you of something else. <clears throat> we have more assets just in the name of Jesus than any enemy that we have. The name of Jesus. And it, it's, well, Pastor, I don't know, when you're reading about all those the demonic spirits and all that, okay, understand this, that from a historical viewpoint, when Lucifer fell, out of challenging the throne and sovereignty of God, the Bible says in Revelation that he took one-third of the angels of heaven with him. Well, I'm not a genius, but I know one-third is not, that, that left two-thirds. So the, the Lord has under his command at least double the amount of demons that the devil's got out there. So even in the angelic realm, we got them outnumbered. Even in the angelic realm. Not to mention the name of Jesus, which is above every name upon heaven and earth. Don't, don't forget that. Don't forget Jesus said right before he ascended to be with the Father, all authority in heaven and on earth is now given unto me. So if you are in Christ and you got revelation of who he is in you, you need to understand that he has all authority in heaven and on earth. No wonder when you recognize no wonder when you recognize an attack of the devil, you can stand firm in the armor that you have and just take up that whole armor, including that rhema, that spoken word of God, the sword of the Spirit, and say, devil, you've been defeated in Jesus' name. You, I dismiss you, and you be gone from this situation. You know... Um, Look at chapter, go back to chapter 1 for just a minute in Ephesians 1. Verse 20, which he, God's mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above 
all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under, God put all things under his, Jesus' feet, and gave him, Jesus, to be the head over all things to the church. Everybody say, that's me, which is his body. Hallelujah. Quit seeing yourself as a victim. We're overcomers in Christ Jesus. And you know what our first line of defense is to get dressed in the armor of God. When Satan sees that you stay dressed in the armor of God, that you know who you are, you know whose you are, and you know that the devil was defeated at the cross. You say, well, pastor, if the devil was defeated, why is he so active? Because although he was legally defeated at the cross, that is, God did all the legislation necessary. He passed all the legislation. But how many of you know that legislation needs an enforcement agency? If somebody has broken into your house today, how much good is it going to do to you when you go in and you find that thief? How much good would it do to, for you to say, you have just violated the laws of this state. You're trespassing. You better call an enforcement agent. How many of you know that God has provided everything we need in Christ Jesus, but He has assigned His church to be the enforcement agent of His authority? Get familiar with the book of Ephesians. And one reason why we see such lawlessness is because the church is not stepping and standing through prayer, through holiness, through the Word of God, in the things of God, in the, in the, in the kingdom of God. You know, um, that, that verse there in chapter 6, about um, in verse 13, where it says, Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Some days uh, the attack seems more intense than others. Sometimes the attack seems like it's never going to end. Sometimes that, what do we need to do? We stand in the grace of the Lord. God, I don't know how to fix this. I don't know when it's going to end. But I stand fully dressed in the armor of the Lord. I believe you are my strength. You are my strength. I stand in the power of your might. Don't forget, when all hell breaks against you, all heaven has more authority. And you have access to God's grace, God's angels, and God's people. And you know what? You're going to need it. 1 John 5 tells us that the whole world system is under the influence. The whole world lies under the influence of the devil. You know... All you got to do is uh, listen to a little bit of media news. It doesn't take long in this world if you've got eyes open to know that the world system, 
lies under the, the political system, educational system, entertainment system, has an influence, an influencer who's constantly trying to influence for his own selfish motives. The devil is, he is involved in all the influence of this culture. And that's not just here, it's everywhere. Jesus said that the devil was a liar and the father of lies. The main way that the enemy influences all of us, the church, the culture, is through deceit. He's a liar and the father of lies, John 8, 44. He's a liar and the father of lies. There are present assaults in our culture. One of those assaults is that the normalization of sexual activity that is outside the Word of God. And there is an assault in our culture that is so aggressive that is saying that if you disagree with that, then you're a terrorist. We don't get to define God's standard. We don't get to take a vote on what's right or wrong. I said we don't get to define the standards of God. There's an all-out assault. Pastor Jeremiah and I were talking about that this morning. Can I tell you something? You don't hear me talk about this a lot. But I, one of the greatest things that I've seen lately, all of us have people that we love who are, who are snared in sexual activity outside of the realm of God's boundaries. And it, it doesn't have to be um, gay or lesbian or the transgender deal, or it doesn't have to be, uh, it can be heterosexual adultery. And, and I mean, look, God doesn't have categories. Well, this one's real bad, and this one is bad, but it's not. No. The standard is the standard. And now, I'll just tell you something. I've wrote it down here on your outline. Dina got it typed in for me. Thank you. And that is, if you, if you want, if you've got people in your life, and every one of us do, I've got people in my life uh, that I love, who've gone down that trail, I bet you do too, somewhere down the line. You and I have no excuse, no excuse as a Christian not to love somebody and value and respect somebody regardless of how they identify. No excuse. If you belong to Jesus, you 
are held to a standard of love and grace and respect. And there's no plan B's for that. But how many of you know that our culture has twisted love and grace and acceptance and and they've got acceptance and approval the same thing? I not only have no excuse not to love and respect and appreciate those who have gone down that path of sexual deviation from the Word of God's standards, I have to, in Jesus, I have to love them, but I don't, I don't have any permission from the Lord. I don't get to redefine the standard. I don't get to approve of a behavior that God says is lower than His highest and best. I don't get to do that. I don't get to say something is okay if the Word of God says it's not. I don't get to do that. I don't get to withdraw love and acceptance, but I don't get to affirm approval on something that God says not. So you're going to need the grace of God and the wisdom of God as you walk through these issues. It's not going to do you one bit of good to go out on the street with a placard talking about how wrong homosexuality is and beating people over the head with it. You're not going to do any good doing that. You're also not going to do any good by saying, you know, I know what the Bible says. I know that Romans 1 and 1 Timothy 1, and I know that Leviticus 18, and I know about all those scriptures, but it's okay. That, That was written for another day. Well, then you better take John 3.16 out of there, too. Because the same Word of God, and I know I'm, I'm going to get pushed back on this, but it's okay. Because I'm going to stand on the Word of God, the love of God, the grace of God. And the standards of God. Amen? So don't get out there judging. The Bible says if you're judging, you're, you're this. Just, and here's what I want you to do. If you've got loved ones, people in your realm, as I do, and I bet you do, that you're wondering how in the world, because, you know, they don't listen to me. They just think, well, you know. You, you, that, that's not in the, the real Bible and this, that, and the other. There's all kind of arguments. I want to tell you, go on YouTube and type in one of two or three names. Beckett Cook, I got it for you there on your outline. Beckett lived as a homosexual man in Hollywood and all around, the, all around Europe and the whole world. He was a set designer, very gifted artist man. He lived uh, as a homosexual man with homosexual partners for well over 20 years. Somebody invited him to a church service one day at the right time. 
and he experienced the love of God. The love of God can heal anything. Amen. Go on YouTube and look up Becca Cook. Rosario Butterfield was a tenured Syracuse University professor who taught English, women's studies, and uh, lived a lesbian lifestyle with her partner for 20, 25 years. Long time. She was highly involved in the political uh, atmosphere of her lifestyle. She was called on by Syracuse University to write a paper and to have a course called Queer Theory, which she did. But one day, one day, there was a couple who moved in next door and over time, time and love and counsel, these precious people became friends. And over time, the Lord opened her heart And according to her own, her own testimony, what really drew her in was the love and the grace, the acceptance, the friendship that she was given as a person, but an unwavering, unflinching stand on the standard of the Word of God. It's an amazing story. I encourage you to look it up. And I would encourage you, this is a wonderful way to talk to your gay or lesbian friends or acquaintances, family members. Ask them to check it out and ask the Lord to do His work. You're not doing to do any good by getting into arguments. You won't do a bit of good doing that. And neither will I. Jesus said, Father, thy word is truth. We don't get to redefine God's standards. But we must never fail to share the love and the grace and the respect of our Lord Jesus to everybody. Amen? Let's all stand. Father, we want to say to you thank you that you have not left us without weapons in our warfare. We ask you to forgive us for the lack of faith and trying to win the battles in our own strength. In our own ability to figure everything out. We say to you, you're right. It's going to take you to do it. 
So we ask you for the grace, the favor and the ability and the wisdom to walk with you, to trust you to work. Father, give us the grace and the wisdom to love and to respect, but not to conform to the standards of this world. Thank you that you've called us as sons and daughters and as instruments of righteousness. We ask you to do what only you can do, God. Only you can change the heart. Help us to do our part in prayer and love and in strength and the knowledge of the Scripture. Trusting you. Getting dressed in the warfare weapons that we have. We give you all the glory and the honor and praise. And all the people said, see you next week. Go with God. He's going with you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.